yeah. I'm a mouse hiding from a hawk in the house of a raven. That's just what a bear would say. This is Seriously Seagull. Yes, oh, bears. Episode ten. Welcome we to episode. Back. We are back with episode ten of Seriously Seagal. Episode ten. We made it, Smitty. Double it's digits. How do you feel? It's a milestone. This you know, is great. I feel I feel very accomplished this evening. This is crazy. Are you guys loving Seagal right now? Probably I'm more jacked. more than ever. I I'm would pretty say. Pretty pumped. Yeah. That was pretty, a pretty amazing movie. Pretty amazing movie. <laughs> that was definitely uh, one of the more enjoyable times I've had. On this podcast, wa- at least watching the films. Com- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good fun. Hey, time let's here. Uh, let's quickly go around the room and introduce ourselves because we got a very special guest Ooh. here today. We do. Ooh. Let's we start with our our main man here. Always. Hey, this is a uh, P Bear drummer for the Van Buren's coming at you. Seated next to me, wrapped in blankets as always. Once again, <laughs> this is the Brown Man, aka Flavor. I'm gonna throw it over to the right. We got Smitty Man on the helm. You got podcast notes today, Smitty? Not too much. I'm just. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm a normal right. nasal guy. Yeah, episode so 10. No, I'm just, I'm hard just to checking. Beat that, All right. No podcast knows tonight. And who do we got in the house tonight? Seagal Virgin. I am a virgin. No longer. <laughs> no longer. My cherry has been popped. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm glad I was there for this. This is McGee, bass player for the Van Burens. Uh, also I'm- known as... Godfather. <laughs> Guys, I am very excited for all our podcast listeners out there. If they don't know, Godfather has given me my start. So many starts. <laughs> so many starts. Nice. Give so me my starts. start. So many starts. And uh, I'm just excited to be able to give him his first start. His Seagalian beginning. start, which oh is so God. near and dear to my heart. We've all been there. And, and what a start it was. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. We did On Deadly Ground. 1994. Wow. A, an absolute classic. I would say this... This was great. I want to speak to Steven Seagal right now and say, you know, hey, man, big big ups on this one. Yeah. This was a masterpiece in my mind. And he directed this movie. It's his only, the only film he ever directed. I forgot about that. Box office. Failure. 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 (laughs) That was tough. It was bad for his career. Yeah. I'm very sad about that because it was such a beautiful film. It looked great, right? That was one thing I wanted to say is like. You could say whatever you want about the film, but you cannot deny that it was shot beautifully. It was, it was just gorgeous, all the scenery and everything. It was that was one thing I there was money enjoyed. put into this movie for sure. Oh yes, they yes. had horses, they, they had, had a train two helicopters, bear. they had a trained bear. Least. Uh, skippy, bear. so many skippies, so, so many, many skippies did we see today? Like a lot. There were so many different methods of getting around in this movie. I noticed horseback, horseback. Snowmobile. Skippy's snowmobile. Ooh, <laughs> yes, sled dogs. Snowmobile. Sled dog sleds, <laughs> exactly. It was amazing. <laughs> he really brought us to so many different scenes and venues. He and also had three assistants that <laughs> were in the credits that were <laughs> titled assistants to Mr. Seagal. That's why this three movie was so them. great. <laughs> it's great. I was hoping one of them would be the trained bear. <laughs> he was not the assistant. <laughs> We don't know for sure, do we? That's actually that's true. They could have they could have just given a dignified name. Yeah. Mr. His name was Mr. Bear. <laughs> and he's he's helping out Seagal. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think so. Where's my latte? We'll oh, wait for that though in the alternate endings. We'll get there. So uh, to our to our newest Seagal listener, what did you so what was your overall impression? Give us 
What did you think? Let's talk about this. What did you think before coming in of Seagal? I know you hadn't watched any movies, but generally, and what well, did this change your impression? This did is it, what I wanted did to it talk about. Did reaffirm your impression? What did you think? Because I am a huge fan of Seriously Seagal. Mm-hmm. I. This is the first moment in my life where I've ever been a fan of something and been asked to be a part of it there. Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm having Max complex or what it meant. So coming into it, I've been very excited. I I have to say, my one little confession is that I did watch that little bit of executive decision. Uh, oh, so you were so he. Fair. It wasn't a complete Seagal virgin no, situation. No, it was but like I when feel like like a chick has been fingered, but you haven't. Yeah, like, it's I, exact, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, nice, I've nice. had some foreplay. I've had a taste, but this yeah. was <laughs> this was it. This was full on. All right, and this really was full yeah, on, man. He was giving you the full buffet I feel, here, dude. I felt this. I felt the energy in the room, you guys. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt awesome. how excited you were, and it was so infectious. Um, there were four or five whoa moments. We, we <laughs> really yes. Seagal just took this movie. He took his all his movies and took it way further than they'd ever gone before and in somewhat of a decent plot like it was an all right like so i'm not the guy i'm the guy who you guys are last likely to get to come see the fast films with you or sure get the fast involved. and the furious franchise is yes. what yeah. he's referring love to love him love him love uh, come on the show those fast films and so i'm i'm the last guy to appreciate good action movies but i have to say i loved it i had a great time there are it's it's not without its complications, but <laughs> sure, of course, absolutely, of course. always. I, I was thinking at the end of the movie. I don't know. This might be bad, but I was thinking this is the movie that America needs right now. Yeah, totally. That, he sounded like topical. Bernie Sanders up there at the end of the movie. He, he's very. Pre- this is a very preachy movie. It's unbelievable. It's an action movie with a message, which is very strange. Little known fact: the speech he does give at the end of the movie was actually eleven minutes long Holy in the original shit. cut. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. Wait, what? Talk about preachy. He's like Michael Moore. <laughs> down from yeah. 11 to... It was like, yeah. it was like Michael who Moore. let him write... Oh, wait. It was directed by... He let himself yeah, yeah, write yeah. 11 minutes. I was like, wait. Who let him write an 11-minute speech? And I was like, oh... Yeah, it turned did. into a slideshow. I was so yeah, shocked was, by that. It was. I've never seen that in a, in a movie. But Although a beautiful slideshow. It was, it was actually really it was, well done. And it wasn't It wasn't off. Like, he was right. Everything no, he's totally right about everything. He's totally right. Stephen Seagal, you have a beautiful messenger, a wonderful man. Thank you so much for this movie. Unbelievable. It was pretty great. Really connected there at the end it was good and a fantastic eye for film this movie looks fantastic yeah there oh were my just God, a couple shots. weird cuts do you guys remember when we saw that really fast cut to the guy getting impaled by the uh, <laughs> by the <laughs> tree stump <laughs> with spikes on it yes yeah, yeah i was thinking that this is a this is a movie with a serious message but he also stabs a man in the face and then yeah. shoves <laughs> the man's face into the wall yeah. such that the blade goes in further uh, it's he so shoot, ridiculous he shoots He's multiple people pe- in the face as well yes, he absolutely. shoots people in the face he shoots people's chests clear through <laughs> It uh, it does the classic thing in the second half where it, get, it goes from hand violence to gun like serious yeah. gun violence. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. All right. We gotta we gotta unpack this. So you you liked it. I I was wondering if we were gonna beginning to like suffer from Stockholm syndrome. Yes. With Steven Seagal. <laughs> well, I see. I don't know because I might be like in this like because I've been studying Seagal through you guys. I think mm-hmm. I've fallen in love with him for that reason. Mm-hmm. We're um, okay with that. I think I'm okay with that. So, like, I may be if if we're if Stockholm syndrome is happening, I may I may be on the inside with you guys. Oh God, yeah, That's great. yeah, it's infectious. <laughs> it yes, Sagal is. <laughs> is sweeping the nation. Okay, let's talk. We should get to the movie. Right? Yeah, let's do it. What's the? Where do we begin? Flav, take we us there. We begin with a glorious just overview 
of Alaska. Just really nice shots. I, as for director Steven Seagal directing, it's like really nice choices to open up the movie. And we start off with an eagle that apparently now I, I just learned this from Emmett uh, from Godfather. It's actually Smitty's <laughs> fact that he dropped. Oh, okay, well. You knew okay. this as well. Both Sorry. Uh, we hear the screech of an eagle. Uh, well, it's not an eagle. Apparently, right. it's a, what's up? What <laughs> kind of bird do they use to imi- to show an eagle? So, it, all right, just so I can be clear, I'm, it's I'm a red-tailed hawk. Ranting. I guess a red-tailed hawk. Oh, so whenever goodness. people see an eagle and that like screeching noise happens, it's like kind of epic. It's not an, actually an eagle. It's a red-tailed hawk. Red-tailed hawk. So we open up with that, which is beautiful. Some some kind of plain view shots, and then we're the immediately on a skippy. We're immediately skippy. on a skippy. Yeah. <laughs> We're, yeah, there's some, again, so many skippies in this movie. We have the uh, Indian-style MIDI pan flutes, or rather Native American, should I say, right. Raj? What's great, though, is that we see a foreshadowing that this is really your movie. Yes. Because the, the second living thing that we see after the, the hawk, or the eagle, and the skippy, which is a helicopter. It was is. the first of many times we celebrated in concert yes. as, yeah. as an audience. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bear. It's a bear. The second thing we see is a, what is kind a, polar, of bear was it's it, a polar bear. Yes. The most epic of bears. A glorious polar bear. And he's just hanging out. Yeah. Was just, <laughs> there was really no point to the bear, was, like specifically at that moment. He was just kind of chilling. Just a beautiful image. He was just a beautiful bear. The bear would become a very important through line in this movie. Uh, did, we didn't know that, right? Like when we all saw that bear, we were like, oh, that's really cool. There's a bear there. And then we didn't realize how important it would be. But we'll get to that. Being so, Rush, bear, you didn't, you hadn't seen this movie before. I had, oh. but I, I didn't realize, uh, I must have not uh, like gotten the, the bear parts because... I, You've I only recently come to the seen, bear. I've seen yeah. this movie before, and I remember all. I just don't remember the bears. Did you have so a bear in your life at the time? You I know? didn't. So I did. Like I really do. felt like this movie was speaking to me yes. at certain times. Who you know, <laughs> Steven Seagal was calling out to us. Yes, he's saying, "Keep going, boys." You know, <laughs> <laughs> great. you're almost there. And, and happy tenth episode. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so immediately, we're right in. Still gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna really okay. go. <laughs> all right. Hey there, Smitty. What happened mm-hmm. there? You pooped your pants, bud? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Did you have a fire down below? Ha, ha, ha. It was a big one. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a fire. That was a serious... We were out for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Speaking of a fire <laughs> down below... Are you talking about my cute elbows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the, the action scene that kicks off this yeah. movie. Oh, man. So we get right into it. Just like a lot of Steven Seagal movies, we're right into a giant fire that's happening on an oil rig, and Steven Seagal is being helicoptered in. Interestingly enough, not wearing black. He's wearing he's that. wearing that a Native American coat. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the, with the, black shoes though. Wear a we, lot of a the first okay, thing we right. see is that yeah. black yeah. shoe step yeah. off that that <laughs> skippy in a, a <laughs> nice a nice and we black all cheered. Pant, like, we we did cheer. It was a great. <laughs> the music in this movie was great too. It was another it was, thing that yes. I really liked about it. And that was a great swell of music oh, and yeah. a great swell of a man just swelled out of that that skippy. Oh yeah. And, uh, and right away, he's being assaulted by this old, <laughs> what is this movie's father, con- con- father exposition? Exactly. What's his name? Er- Hugh. Hugh Palmer. Hugh Palmer. Hugh Palmer. Good old Hugh Palmer. He, he seemed like Ernie. he was in a he different like movie. Yeah. He, he, did, <laughs> he did not belong in this no, movie. he did not. <laughs> he was a kindly old gentleman who was in charge of this giant oil rig, apparently. With a fluffy yeah. mustache. He was the foreman. He was the foreman. He, was the foreman. he had a huge fluffy mustache. It's a classic foreman mustache. He was I've seen many of those. A day away from retirement. Why was he in charge of the situation? <laughs> yeah. Was he just there to be the fall guy, maybe? Probably. I'm not really. Uh, I'm trying to figure I out. I feel like he was like, like Michael Caine's character knew that he was so bad that he could help fuck it up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Michael Caine is also in this movie, yeah. everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Top 
billing before the before the title. Before the title. Steven Skull presents Steven, Steven Skull. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. On Deadly Ground. Oh my god, what a beautiful title. And he Skull. is it's just so the definition of evil in this movie. He is so he over is the top. Just, yeah, he's so over the top evil. Uh, just everything wrote down a lot of quotes. He's just telling people to amazing. fuck off, calling them a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. He was paired with John C. Right. McGinley playing his soulless uh, sideman assassin, per, yeah. perhaps lover. I kind of picked up a little vibe <laughs> from them, well, too. he was wearing eyeshadow, a lot he, of eyeshadow. He was wearing a, and some was. terrible transition lenses that <laughs> never worked. Like They were just straight up black. It was it, black as the it oil. Was it was black or it was clear, and it was never when it was supposed to be black or clear. It was yeah, the exact opposite. Like, there was a worse transition lens. It was like, take those off, please. I felt really bad for him, Parso. I was like, he's, he's probably having a tough time seeing it. Was was Michael Caine's black hair? Was that an oil um, like uh, image that Seagal oh. was painting? Maybe it was. There was a really funny like thing, like <laughs> intentional choice by Seagal. Can we actually bring it to the Keith David Memorial non Seagal MVP oh, right let's now? Let's take it there. Are we going there? We're doing it. Is that what's happening right now? All right. Keith David non Seagal MVP. Oh yeah. I ran with Seagal back in the day. Episode 10. Happy 10th episode, boys. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Keith. <laughs> Keith David, everybody. Is Keith David moderating the, the award ceremony? Absolutely. <laughs> you look great in your tux, Keith. <laughs> B-Bear, take us to our first award. Can I, uh, I feel like I might get greedy in, in this 10th episode uh, and take both of the top bad guys for the, the non-Sugal MVP. MVP. Is like that okay, that. you guys? That yeah, I, was, I, mean, I like that. I will you allow it, to. Keith? That's outrageous, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Keith B. David I for mean, my it's, own it, award. It's up to him. So. That's I right. Just, well, one thing I noticed was that um, Under Siege 2, which we loved, perhaps around the amount of th- that we loved this movie, yep. was also a two-headed monster bad guy situation. Dude, and I, feel I like, remember that. There was like sure. the tech guy. I'm just, mm-hmm. as a fan, trying Jerry to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> trying to remember. Yeah, and Ray Spannon. Yeah. yeah, I've been listening and paying attention. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I really liked that it was kind of the evil oil baron and also the soulless black-eyed apprentice-slash-lover character that John C. <laughs> yes. McKinley played. Yeah. Don't forget his stoic... A uh, female hench woman, though. Yeah, she was. Oh, she oh was yeah, the worst. she was like his business side hench Lyles, person. I think her name was Jennifer Lawrence. Wow. The girl who looked <laughs> like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she really did. I kind of wanted. Uh, she was a bitch, though. Uh, Michael Caine and John C. McGinley to start a hip hop group. It'll be called MC MC and DJ JC M McGee. <laughs> oh, there's McGee in there. That's kind of fitting, given Ooh, that yeah. it's my. Guest appearance exactly today, with, with John C. McGinley. <laughs> Tell us about your MVP, <laughs> mine. McGee. Oh, but mine's uh, a little more abstract. I was noticing like Seagal was getting a lot of clues from stuff falling on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and also, it's and, very lazy writing. And, I must point out. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I mean, think about he he blew up that little um, <laughs> section of the the cliff. Yeah. So as oh, I've, the, oh, to not allow goodness. them to pass. Yeah. When he's jumping, yes. he's horse jumping with his lady friend. Yes. Yeah. And then well, finally, at the end of the movie, the 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 henchwoman of whom I was just speaking, mm-hmm. gasoline filters down by gravity yeah. to a fire yeah. that allows her to blow up. So my uh, Keith David Memorial MVP is gravity. <laughs> Damn it! That's genius, man. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Isaac Newton, for gravity. <laughs> Smitty's pretty good. Um, what do you yeah, got? Smitty, what do you got for us? All right. 
my non-Seagal MVP for this movie would be Hugh. Oh, oh yes, Hugh. You. He, <laughs> he takes a brutal man. beating. Uh, oh, yeah. Hugh and Father oh, my goodness. It doesn't crack. It doesn't crack. It doesn't crack. He <laughs> saves the day. Because yeah, brutalized this guy. Oh, he like, cracks in one way. Like, he, he cracks in multiple a, ways, but not in the way that God, he's telling you anything. He tortured this man to no end. Like, <laughs> so, but then sawed his hand off. Like, well, I think he's the MVP is because he is the one who had all the information on the computer and stashed the discs for Seagal to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that old guy knew how to Basically work that computer, oddly. Whoa. Seagal finds everything he needs for the rest of the movie in one bag after the bad guys had ransacked <laughs> yeah. the house. He just looks in the closet upstairs because he had remembered to ask at the bar. The yeah. closet upstairs? Yeah, the closet upstairs. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it should all still be there. The rampaging John C. McGinley did not think so about So my MVP Let's is going to be the bear. Oh, yeah. Yes. The bear. Uh, the Dumb bear bears. theme was very strong throughout this movie and... It led Seagal to finding his inner self and was finding it just his own one strength. of the bears or the bear concept? Uh, you know what? I can't. I can't say it was just one of the bears because they were really there were several different ones, and I feel like he drew his power from different ones, and he kind of murdered that one in a way. But I, I felt like that was just him tackling his own spirit. It, I'm gonna just choose to overlook that situation. Also, a very abstract memorial MVP. Yes. I might say. The Bears? Yes. Oh, God. Love them. I'll allow it. <laughs> That's your Keith David non Seagal MVP. <laughs> Hit the music. Oh, we're doing it out? Yeah. Congrats, Keith. <laughs> Way to go, Keith. Thanks for coming, man. Look great. See ya. <laughs> All right. Can we talk about the fact that Seagal is a man bear? Like, how do you feel about that, P Bear? I, I thought it was kind of a revelation. I liked when his man bear self tossed him extremely violently into that river <laughs> that, <laughs> off that, the cliff. <laughs> that was one of the moments where <laughs> we thought like, <laughs> where it just went completely over the top. I mean, it's literally. Like but just we were like, okay, he's fighting a bear. This is crazy. And then the bear shrugs him off of a waterfall. <laughs> that was one of our biggest group celebrations. Yeah, yeah we, we it was pretty ejaculated. Fun. So yeah. let's, let's take it back from there though, and keep going. So we we're on this oil rig. It blows up, and so this Michael Caine and. JC McGee are looking at this while it's happening, and we realize yep. that Seagal is, is part of their team. Yeah, so they're part he's of like this a oil corporation, right? Because he's, like he's a, got his yeah, own exactly. company with his name on the back of the yeah. uniform. He basically deals with these explosions. I think when like these kinds of things happen, like he's there to like deal with the explosions and stuff like that, which he, all companies have. Like, he's like Dalton have. from Roadhouse. He's the cooler. He is the, right. he's he's the, the literal cooler. Company. He puts <laughs> out the fires. <laughs> but basically, we start to see that this was all a setup by. This oil company, because this old character Hugh keeps yelling about what was it the per, per, the faulty um oh I re- the breakers no, no not I breakers can't, I can't remember what they there's were some called. there's some serious oil lingo that Stephen writes into yeah, this film yeah it's like the the ref, the restrictors or like the preventers dude, defective preventers the preventers the preventers, exactly. the preventers, preventers sound like so they he's do like oh the preventers stuff. are faulty and Stephen's like listen like nothing's wrong with these guys calm down you old man and like takes care <laughs> of the situation. Um, oh, I have something to say. The sure. first line of the movie, spoken by Seagal, is, Hey, you, what's cooking? When he comes to this, this oil rig <laughs> like on all fire, and this guy has dealt with this. so much. Yeah, he lights up chill. two cigars over the course of the <laughs> yeah. scene. Oh, he, also yeah. says, he says, Hot enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, great. He's, he's also drinking and smoking, we see at the beginning. So he is not a good guy. And there is, in, the, in fact, in the middle of this fire sequence, your guy. Hugh 
says that to him, much yep. like Father Exposition. Yep. We'll get he calls him those. a whore. Yeah. Yeah. He call, oh, he calls him a whore? Whores are yeah. being thrown out a lot in this movie. There's a lot. There's a definitely a <laughs> yeah. prostitution a lot, theme. Yeah. Michael Caine's character says whore a lot. Yeah, he does. Talked he about does, getting whores yeah. in Bangkok yeah. with, right. with, <laughs> with <laughs> Forrest yeah. It made me think of Keith <laughs> David when he mentions Bangkok yeah, in uh, Marked for Death. Oh, boy. Of course. <laughs> so of course, famous, famous. Eventually, we find ourselves at a bar now. So yeah, Stephen is we just need to talk about this. Chill. This, is this is the is, best scene yes. in Seagal's history. Oh, this my is God. His early scene, he, he does this in every movie. He has his early scene kind of either a bar yep. fight or the convenience store fight so or the liquor store fight or just a bunch of random little lives who don't realize that this is yep. a badass get in his face. And, and there's two points of this bar scene. One is so that Hugh can come back and kind of give the audience <laughs> another idea of these faulty preventers and he kind of reiterates that. And I'll wait for what he says for my one-liners later. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes we'll we'll get to that, but I want to establish the plot more first. What so I loved about that. about this this scene, actually, and I thought was really well done, again, props to Seagal, was that he gets into a little verbal spat mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the bad guy yep. from Dumb and Dumber for yes. a moment, the, yep. the, the famous pill swallowing uh, hitman from Dumb and Dumber. Yep. Mike Starr. Mike Starr. Oh, there we go. And he is a star, isn't yeah. he? Yes. He was good. He was really good. He Starr calls him Cupcake or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seagal gets up from his bar stool, walks toward him. It looks like they're going to fight. Yep. We don't get the fight. Yes, I love Tension. Him. Building tension. Seagal waits for delayed his first tease. fight. It was such a tease. Yeah, it was such reaction. a tease. I loved it. He walks over to our, our man, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> our buddy, who's just... <laughs> this happened to get tortured. Too. Don't be friends with Seagal it's, ever in a it's movie. It's a bad idea. Especially if you're a it's weak a old idea. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he does God have a lot of... man. Just a good man in general. Just don't be friends with this guy. So Seagal's kind of being convinced his character, Forrest Taft, is... <laughs> yeah. I haven't mentioned that. Sorry. His name is Forrest. Forrest. His name is Forrest with two R's. <laughs> Forrest. So every time when Michael Caine is like ordering him to do evil stuff in, on behalf of o- Big Oil, it's so ironic yeah. for him to be like, now Forrest. Yeah. Oh so God. It's now brutal. he's he's talking with Hugh and Hugh Lee, and then so Hugh leaves at this point, and Seagal's at the bar. Right, and for some reason the, they decide to again start up this confrontation with him. After it's been minutes have passed, there's no reason to do this again. The, the guys at the bar are also um, they're picking on they're this pissing a Native American man, pulling a local Native American yeah. man. So they basically splash beer on this guy, and Seagal's just like, "All right, like I'm not. This isn't going to happen anymore." And the best part about this is, I think this is one of Ryback's overcooked eggs, which we don't have to go into the segment right away. But we can just toss overcooked eggs. Tenth episode, we're throwing eggs wherever we feel like. Sure, <laughs> they're everywhere, we baby. Can fucking do it wherever. <laughs> but the the lady behind the bar is just like, "Now, Forrest, like, don't go like destroyed my like restaurant, oh, yeah. like, my bar." And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there have been so many moments where there have been like innocent like store owners, liquor store owners. Small deli markets that are just been like, please, like, don't do this. And Seagal's just like, I hear you. And then, like, does the exact opposite. <laughs> He's like, generally just, unconcerned with the consequences. And, like, there's oh, just been like, there's just like times throughout this fight sequence that occurs that this, like, they turn back to this lady and she's just like throwing her hands up, like, well, fuck. There, there's like my entire restaurant. Like, yeah. he's, he's throwing uh, oil rig workers around her restaurant, <laughs> left and right, breaking them through breaking tables. tables. He threw one guy through a jukebox, <laughs> <laughs> threw one guy through like the, like the huge mirror. Like, it was, it's unbelievable. But finally, we get to 
Him versus Mike Starr. Oh, I also one felt of his... like he kind of milked it. Like he could have put a stop to all the proceedings oh, before oh, sure. he, yeah. but he like yeah. let it develop Seagal so that he could that. destroy yes. the bar. And yeah. he makes a public spectacle of this man to humiliate Mike Starr. Yeah. But every, everyone <laughs> gathers around one the, of <laughs> a one-on-one. Seagal's most famous movie scenes, I would say, is this hand slap game. He decides to take the main bad guy and play a hand slap game with him where they get a one for one punch for each person who gets uh, you know who loses the round mm-hmm. obviously steven does not lose any rounds <laughs> never. he's been trained in japan steven never loses in general <laughs> he's been trained in japan <laughs> man. He, the guy got it's his crazy. hands away two times i mean was there no there he no? pulled it away in fear oh two times. yeah I see. Like, I was before like he was him properly before he set. made contact yeah, before okay. he properly said I, I needed to have that clarified but <laughs> you know what also happened in that bar what's that there were lots and lots <laughs> oh, yes. of snaps. Oh, Let's shit. Do it. Let's go <laughs> so there. Let's go there. there. What do you got for us, Mr. Smitty? Oh, yeah. Snap it. It was snap a good day for snaps, boys. With Mr. Smitty. So, if I recall correctly, a few weeks ago, we Dude, changed we're the over-under. we song go, man. This is episode <laughs> 10. I'm sorry. We're letting the theme song go. So we changed the over-under <laughs> from five and a half <laughs> to four and a half. <laughs> Woo! Really? All right. Okay. What do we got now? All you what? betters out there. Five and a half to four and a half was... Wait. So four and a half is new over-under okay. because... We were, we, we were yeah. getting yeah. held out of, of great, a bit of a great snaps. A they just weren't happening for us. So we changed the over-under, yeah. four and a half. What do we have so today, Smitty? So in the Ooh. bar scene alone, there were four snaps. Oh! oh. We got one arm snap, total knee break, like just wrist totally snap. kicked right to the knee. Another wrist snap and another arm snap to various... Bad guys. It's a movie about the environment. <laughs> it is. Were, yeah. I felt like there were some scenes where later on where it could have been snaps, but it was just so, it, it, he kept going with it. That's so why it I wanted like, to, well, that's what I wanted to consult you gentlemen on this section. Okay. All right. Okay. Do we so, need the judges? Should we get Keith back in here? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I guess he's back. All right. Okay. I'm polishing uh, my <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> so, in the in the boiler room scenes, in the boiler room scenes at the okay. end, um, yep. like when that guy was pissing. Okay. There was one. I thought there was like one kind of questionable. It could have been a snap, but I wasn't quite sure. And then also about like ten minutes later after that, in the Boiler rooms. I would count that first one as a snap. They were planting charges and stuff. You you count the first one as a snap. I count the first one as a snap. What was the exact action? I just don't. I honestly I can't remember the. There was a couple of arm snaps that were like really quick in there. That it was was in the process of like doing another one because he stuck the gun around the guy's head that was pissing and then choked him. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the one where he. He broke his arm, and then eventually you saw him kind of use his fingers to throw the guy, but he had already broke. His arm was like, it looked like it, it looked was lame. twisted in the second, because yeah. it was yeah. stretched out, but it was stretched out in a weird way. So about. I feel like I would have counted that, but and it was I felt like they did the audio for the snap, but it was quick, and he used his arm oh, again. That, so I was like, they, eh. they did have an audio drop for it that sounded like a snap, but it, yeah. you couldn't totally see I it. I would yes, count it. Yeah. I'd say okay. I'd give Let's this count five. Let's count it. Hey, 10th episode. Five, yeah, okay, we're counting. I'm going to say five. Ding, ding, ding. All right, so there's five snaps today. We hit, we, uh, we hit the over. We hit the over for all you gamblers. We, we, we get we the get, joy of, of seeing we get uh, to, bone uh, breaks. We actually get, we get the special prize of reenacting the end <laughs> Do any of you of guys gamble snaps. on this? <laughs> um, Maybe. 
yes, I'm. I'm actually. On uh, it's pretty big in Atlantic right City, now. but not Vegas. <laughs> I'm not going to talk um, about. But that. our prize for today is going to be our our listeners get to see a special reenactment of this end scene where Seagal changes this man for the better. After brutalizing him in this in this hand slap game and oh, okay. basically yes, sending yes, yes. all of his cronies to the hospital through multiple <laughs> snaps, he then decides to to right this man's wrong. So, what is this actor's name again? J- what's something Star? What Mike Star? Mike Star. So he basically throws up from being just like hit several times in the solar plexus perfectly. Um, and then the last time was uh, he took many more shots than one. He hit him several times in the stomach, and then once in the face, breaking his nose. He embarrasses this man completely and thoroughly in so front of So he comes up, right? A and, lot of people he knows. And, and he's like almost in tears, and, and Stephen looks at him and he says, What does it take? <laughs> what does it take to change the essence of a man? I need time <laughs> to change. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he, I think Stephen conquered racism is what we're saying right there. I think he did. I think. Well, I think uh, they were questioning his masculinity. Oh yeah. Quite a bit, and uh, Stephen proved that with his patience and uh, persistence and techniques. Yeah. That he could he could change somebody. It was it was a lot like it was a lot like the end of Rocky Four when uh, the communism communism ends because Rocky beats Ivan Drago. I could change, you could change, we could all. Let's uh, you know that that makes that puts me in a quote kind of mood. Let's let me let's yeah let's let's do it. Let's go to Flav's faves, Smitty. Flav's faves. Flavor's favorites. Movie wow, there are a lot. This was great. <laughs> this this was, was a quote every, heavy every movie. Every dialogue in really this good. movie was hilarious. I was like, this is this is hard. We've already even said a couple, but um I'm I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do a few that stood out and then let's pass it to after I after I do a couple, I'm gonna pass it to our to our guest today and let him let let, let Godfather S- do some a Michael Kane here. quotes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, we, so anybody's game? Hold on before you begin, Raj. I do have, um, I've got a little treat for us today. I got Uh-oh. an Arlie okay. Ermy cut of one-liners. So if you if oh, we want to nice. play that, we can uh, cue that up. That's great. Yeah, yeah Arlie Ermy is in this movie. Of course, <laughs> the very famous Full Metal Jacket drill instructor. And he does have this one scene where he gets to just spout off at the mouth. <laughs> just rapid fire <laughs> insults and, <laughs> and yeah. plans. He's a mercenary that comes in later let's, in the movie. Let's do that first. Do let's that? start right. off with that. All right, here we It'll go. It'll get me in the mood. We got a big problem here. Intel tells us we're dealing with one guy. We think we got a fucking fire team out there. My guy in D.C. tells me that we are not dealing with the student here. We're dealing with the professor. Anytime the military has an operation that can't fail, they call this guy in to train the troops, okay? He's the kind of guy that would drink a gallon of gasoline so he could piss in your campfire. You could drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's going to show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. This guy's a professional, you got me? If he reaches this rig, we're all going to be nothing but a big goddamn hole right in the middle of Alaska. So let's go find him and kill him and get rid of this son of a bitch. I want you to protect this entrance like it yes, was your sweet. sister's uh, cherry, Tato. Yes, sir. Put people over here, over yes, here. Yes, I'm going to the rig. I'm going to put pump three online. That'll be enough for 
All right. That's, my that's, that's fantastic. Dude, that was <laughs> I'm so glad we covered that one. I was like, damn it, am I going to really have to go through that entire one? Oh, that that's probably the best. That's that's the best one right there. But let's do a couple. Oh, man, that was really good. What a talented man. Ah. It's it's you I know it's like funny because that usually that that exposition happens at the beginning of Seagal movies. There when was they yeah, there was a lot of backstory dropped Good about point. Seagal like r- halfway through the movie. It was pretty cool to which wait might be for CIA, that, which is CIA, no backstory at all or NSA or DOD. DOD. Like wait, what DOD? Okay. Like, normal people work for the DOD. This man has no past. Again, I think it was like Seagal giving us a high five to be like. It could be any of these. He's usually just one. Pick your My my favorite one liner from the very beginning is is kind of a connection. Connected two liners, to be honest. So it's right when Seagal comes off the the helicopter in the beginning, and he's going to solve this problem. And he's smoking a cigarette while he's doing it, and Hugh comes up and he's like, "You used to be a good man, Forrest. Now you're nothing but a whore." <laughs> and then later in the bar, he comes up and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You're no whore, Forrest." And Seagal's character goes, "No, you were right about that." You were just wrong about me being a good man before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's just so many. The opening of the, the segment that we did where he is hurt and he's being saved. So at one point, Steven Seagal gets hurt in this movie and he's being saved by the Eskimos. And he, and he tells this elder man, I'm a mouse hiding from hawks in the house of a raven. And this man just very politely looks at him and speaks back in an Eskimo tongue, and his daughter translates that to say, that's just what a bear would say. (laughs) (laughs) But she'd also said that uh, he, the reason he took you in, her father took him in. Steven Seagal, okay, set up, (laughs) he's set up by the bad guys who used to be his friends, Michael Caine, and then sent into another one of these fire down below situations. He jumps away from another explosion, is left for dead, and he is taken in by Eskimos. (laughs) <laughs> and she says, the only reason my father took you in is because he thought you were Bear. <laughs> at, yes. at which point, just Bear it just becomes a, a movie about bears yes. for a good solid five yes. minutes. <laughs> so I got two more liners before I'm going to throw it to the Godfather here. So I got one where actually before we really know what Seagal's past is, there is, they're like, like who is this guy? Like, what's going on with this guy? And they kind of have like a segment <clears throat> where this guy's like, delve down into the deepest bowels of your own soul. Try to imagine your worst nightmare, and that won't come close to this son of a bitch. It's <laughs> like, all right, if you don't know exactly who you're dealing with, that's pretty good. Casey Ryback is on this fucking train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Casey Ryback. Exactly. Right, you just took both of mine. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna say wh- one last one, and then I'm gonna give it up. <laughs> and that's from Michael Caine, actually. And he has, uh, he he's talking to Forrest, and he's like trying to negotiate at this point, and so he's pissed off, and he's like, oh, like. It's just a girl, like it's over her, like blah, and then he's just like, Jesus Forrest, we bought hookers better than this for five dollars in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> he is such a piece of shit. Yeah, Every moment he says he anything or does anything is just over the top, terrible person. Uh, yeah, but I was like, that's that definitely qualifies as a one liner. <laughs> so all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna Arlie Army has now. another good one where okay. he says, Protect whatever the I forget he says, protect this like it's your sister's cherry. (laughs) 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 That's classic. Uh, That's a really good one. My favorite one-liner was when Steven was on the dog sled, and it's clearly not Steven (laughs) driving the dog sled, and it pans into just his face, and he goes... Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's cresting a hill and just goes, whoa! That was, uh, you know, oh that was God. the best one they got. 
can the, the okay so the pan comes the camera pans in on me <laughs> and i say whoa and i do it really good you know <laughs> for mother nature it's not a one-liner, but can we talk about the Michael Caine look that he gives? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, this is so great. Yes. He, is he talking to John C. McGinley at that moment? No, it's no, Arlie no. Ermey. It's right when oh, Arlie Ermey, and he well, says, how, like, do how do we want the body? Want body? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's hiring Arlie Ermey and a very fat Billy Bob Thornton as mercenaries mm-hmm. when he finally realizes that Forrest Taft is a man of means and is going to get shit done. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, Arlie Ermey asks... How do you want the body? Yeah. As in, do you want me to kill this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Looking for some clarity. Yeah. And Michael Caine just turns around and just stares at him kind of <laughs> ambiguously. <laughs> Very ambiguously, with, but with a kind of a withering look. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry. Oh, oh. man. It, that was the sound of the look. Yeah. We were hoping that our early Ermy would just ask for some qualification yeah. and clarification about that like, <laughs> ser- those are like seriously do you want me to kill this guy <laughs> yeah, can you imagine like, Seagal so being like yes that's the look like, <laughs> Seagal chose that shot <laughs> that's what I was thinking with this whole movie but again I was thinking man Seagal's pretty, a pretty good director yeah, he did. it, it worked really well he's very self indulgent although I will say you know what he's I a messianic disagree. figure throughout the show I disagree with one take us to flavors of the world oh. I got, I got oh, a bone yeah, to pick with there. Mr. Seagal as much as I love him Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think we all mm-hmm. might have bone to pick yeah. Mr. Seagal on this <laughs> yeah. one. Flavors of the world. He means well, but his means might not be so great. He's not totally self-aware. Nice. Dude, I fucking yeah. love this yeah. segment <laughs> opening. It's great. It does Sen- calm me down. It's great. Scent of action so, glow. You know. <sighs> I can't start talking over my own theme. Scent of action glow. For those of you who aren't getting that so far, Steven Seagal thinks helicopters are called skis. It's very relaxing. All right, so flavors of the world. I'm going to talk about Eskimos. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I feel like... All right. I feel like Steven Seagal is mixing Eskimos and Chinese people together. That's what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I've got much more to say. Okay. (laughs) That's just one of the openings that I've got. Are you talking about the press conference when Michael Caine speaks against that that tribal leader kind of grabs Michael Caine and just gives a bunch the of statistics? The tribal leader who is blatantly Asian and has an Asian accent, yes. Well, dude, Alaska. I do not understand. I mean, how, it's close there's to... There's so many Eskimo people there. Why would they choose the Chinese guy to lead their I, tribal community? I'm saying that guy I, might I wouldn't take there. him seriously oh, either if I was Michael Caine, like... Listen, sir, aren't you several thousand miles from where you need to be? Uh, no. You're <laughs> taking <laughs> issue with the people elected him, not his I do not understand. I think that that's something <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> that reveals a lot right there. I I'm, like. no, I'm having an issue with, I don't think wait, this was oh, a fair okay, election. Wait, really? I think something was rigged. I don't think Eskimo people would vote for an Asian Mandalorian. They're very, I'm going to say the Eskimo people are very traditional. They're very, they're tight-knit community, man. They're not going to pick an Asian guy from nowhere to rule them like that. That doesn't make any sense. They would have obviously picked somebody from their own little clan. I'm saying I think that guy could very well be Eskimo. I don't think he mm-hmm. is. Like in he real life. He's in street clothes, though. Like, he's in a suit, right? Right. He's but he, didn't he have Does an Asian accent? Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. But, but in that same scene when the Joan Chen character comes in with the oil, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Isn't she kind of more in, like, modern-looking clothing at that point? Do we... She she's an, a woman of the '90s, I believe, who is yeah. still connected to her family's yeah, tribal past. Totally but she's fine. wearing very native clothing when 
out in the tribe, right? I mean, what's that's right? true, but she speaks English very well. That's she, has she has to be the link. She has to be the link. She has the snowmobile. She actually uses She's it. Is that the idea? And is his oddly non-sexual shoehorned in love interest? No, but I think <laughs> number you know, ten. I would say that they're very sexual. I kind of got the opposite. I got the feeling that you know these people are obviously like they don't have a wide. Com- Again, this speaks to the community. They're Basically fucking each other, right? Like, let's be honest. They live in the middle of nowhere. It's so a small group of people. When Steven Seagal gets brought in, like, all these chicks are so ready to bang <laughs> Steven Seagal. Like, because they're like, this is the one non-esque. Like, th- this isn't my cousin. There's a lot anymore. of sexual like, imagery, too, with like, all these yeah, native women. Like, they're so excited for that. And so, the chief is, is ready for his daughter to be with Seagal, too. It's, yes. It's kind of, un- it's unspoken, it, yes. but that is how it goes. Just Seagal comes you in know, and is I, a, I'm an okay alpha male. with Eskimos. You know, I think they're they're good people. You know, I just don't think they would elect a Chinese man. I don't think that guy's I Chinese. Do. I really don't. <laughs> guys, has, tweet us in. Tweet us what you think. Is this guy Chinese or not? So Seagal yeah. is taken in little little big man style by a group <laughs> of Native Americans. Yep. He is presumed for dead. Um, I would say Flavors of the World style. Th- this scene is... Well-meaning, but also very problematic in the sense that his experiences with this tribe give him the privilege to go kill people, act on their <laughs> behalf, and on their behalf, <laughs> <laughs> and commit you know domestic terrorism he's a little a bit, bear. Uh, maybe a little he's bit towards a man the end. Bear, dude. But like uh, he he supposedly like works and looks out for the environment, but yet at the very end he causes this like huge like disaster of well, epic proportions you know, he's also <laughs> the Eskimo messiah like he, yeah. he's like yeah what the fuck <laughs> he's the Eskimo messiah what, what? it's self-indulgent movie yeah it's very <laughs> trusting people they're very trusting people except for that Asian guy or something zoom in on me my face light right here just across the yeah. cheeks <laughs> Don't get Did the forehead. Don't get the hairline. Why those Keep dogs attack Stephen when he left? I don't get. This that. is my favorite scene. So he he gets that. ripped hard. <laughs> if he is the he, he is the Eskimo side. I don't get why they. He, turned he, on he's him. being healed by the these these lovely Native American people, and then he tries to steal their dog sled like he's hot wiring a car, <laughs> <laughs> and he just assumes that he could. I, that, I don't understand Stephen's character in this movie at all. He has no past, kind of, but. What what is his point of view? He's with the bad guys. He's not with them. He doesn't really care. He thinks he can just go grab these dogs from people. He he takes in all these customs and then immediately rejects them a, a minute later. Yes, but when later shit claims hits the to have loved this lady's yeah, granddad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved your father. Like I knew him for own. six hours. But none of that matters. He made me a bear. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's, uh, talk about a, a flame. Let me bang all fave. of his girls. I love the spirit world and I loved your father. But that doesn't matter now. <laughs> so he's hanging out with these uh, these Alaskan Native American people. He tries to steal their dog sled. They're very kind to him, dude. That's what they're all about. and say. They're if if you can steal, then you can go do your fight. And the, and he hops on the sled with all of them. Again, I, see difference between Chinese people and Eskimos. <laughs> they wouldn't. No, that wouldn't oh happen in God. China, man. I honestly thought Zagal had the right idea for like a good portion of the movie. I was like, and then. I really thought that he was going to play it tasteful. I don't know what yeah. like I, he he sucked me in, and and I you know he gets he gets convinced that he is the bear messiah, and yeah. then he goes out on behalf of the chief, celebrating over his death with the with the amulet that the chief gives him on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Like you think he's going to go out there and do the 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 people's bidding the it, thoughtful it, way the thoughtful <laughs> way, and because everything you know the imagery is beautiful, and he's definitely talking about this whole conservation thing. And then he has this quote, and it just totally fucks it up. Uh, that, that at that point for me, I was just like, my 
I was I was very disappointed for, in him momentarily. Sure. Yeah. But he He's redeemed himself man. with his 15 or like 10 minute sort of editorial at the end. <laughs> yeah, he really tags that in. <laughs> oh, it, 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 like the ends justify the means. <laughs> He's like the bear. Five dollar hookers in Bangkok. Bear protects the land. But so what happens is John C. McGinley and his cronies are looking for Stephen, aka Forrest Taft, <laughs> and they they track him down and, and ask the elder of this village where he is. John C. McGinley shoots the chief. What a dick! Just again, uh, old people dying around Seagal for no reason. I was thinking about that too. It's yeah. another old guy who who is killed, so that Seagal can then justify his murderous ways in the yeah. end. <laughs> He's like. Also, where was Seagal when this happening? Because he comes back like literally five minutes after this happened. Well, it was right. Like it was right after the amazing scene where Seagal quest. gets super high and has a vision quest that yeah. he, he gets dosed with a feather tap to yeah. the head. Oh. <laughs> Man, <laughs> give me some of that shit. Oh, flavor me up in that world. Jesus. There were a lot of sexy whatever he was dancing. There's a lot of sexy dancing. Oh, yeah, there was that awesome like minute where he had to choose between like the old lady and like this <laughs> yes. sexy like half naked chick, and we were like, wait, is he thinking about banging one of the other? Speaking like, of Seagal. Oh, banging. I'm dropping a new segment on oh, you boys. Oh, 10th no episode way. reveal. Oh. Episode 10. <laughs> this is called Sexually Seagal. Oh. Oh. Sexually Seagal. Okay. So in this segment, we are going to break down the love interests of Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. So let's do it. Well, what'd you think of the love interest? Well, it was pretty weak in this movie, <laughs> honestly. Really I'm gonna weak. say there. Well, the trailer really deceived me because there's yep. there's a shot of like her kind of like taking off. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Like her shirt. That's and not in that's the film. Not even in the movie. They must nope. have cut out a whole lot. Oh, um, really? But the vision quest, however, <laughs> that yeah. now. Oh, yeah. You think he banged that old lady? <laughs> and then asked her and then, about and why, then asked why her she about, has problems. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, after yeah. that. <laughs> oh, after that? Yeah. Um, Just to calm her. <laughs> that was almost the sexy nerves. as the sex scene in Dances with Wolves. Oh, you guys yeah. Remember that? Oh, what if oh, he talked with the lady movie. and then like went back to the other side of the cave? He's like, all right, now I'm done with you. <laughs> no. Can I go over there now? No, like, it's okay. So basically, like he gets in this cave at the end and there's like all these like naked women dancing around. And then like basically he has two options. There's like a fork. On the right, there's this really old lady shaking a rattle. Mm. <laughs> the left, totally naked, very attractive young woman. Eskimo who's or. dancing very Gyrating. sexily so and just sexy. inviting him to Being come in. Lithe. But of course, you know, somehow that's that's going to be the bad choice. He Seagal realizes in his vision, vision quest that this is, this is the amoral choice or the immoral choice. Oh, I should have done it though. And then he goes to the old lady and then he decides Weird. to go kill a bunch of people with, with guns. <laughs> well, she tells him he's the bear and he must protect the land. Yeah. <laughs> but he blows a lot of shit up. Yep. Yeah, he is, does not protect the land. No, he is blows that the purpose up that of cliff. a bear, you guys? <laughs> I'm still learning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, aren't we all? Does it, do you feel like this movie brought you closer to Steven Seagal because of the bear in him? A hundred percent, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I thought the love interest was just again too young for him. From the moment we first saw her, we knew exactly yeah, well, what role she would be in this movie. And, and she helps to translate for her father as well. And she also gives him the justification after the death of her father. Uh, you know, she talks some serious shit about Michael Caine and it, saying it's yeah. basically it's okay to p- kill all these people. You but know? she's very calm. And it's very, this is another aspect, the complication of the flavors of the world. She's very submissive yeah. to Seagal. Like, 
over the top submissive. He he completely rejects her whole She's, like worldview and religion. She understands her play because there's even a quote from her at one point. Stephen Seagal goes, "You ride good when they're on top of horses," and she goes, "Of course, I'm Native American." That's right. <laughs> I was like, "Well, all right then." That's. She says to one of the bad guys, "I will watch you die." Does she watch That's John right. C. McGinley die? Because after John C. McGinley shoots her dad. Does yeah, she, is she John there C. when he dies? Gets the, hell, the propeller he, to the hit face. No, actually, she yes. doesn't watch him die because he gets he yeah, chops. She doesn't up even John. get her. Yeah, her, it's her rocks actually off on she that disappears one. for a lady huge... villain who watches John C. McGinley die and right. kind of cusses him out and then runs into a tanker herself. Oh yeah, Jennifer He's like, Lawyer. Oh, fuck him! Like whatever, and then she. Yeah. yeah it's oh like, god, what? What, I, what I wish was a one-liner in this one. Okay, so when John C. McGinley get, eats it, and then this the female lawyer very unnecessarily <laughs> drives off on. She's on an oil rig or this. What, what were you calling somebody? I don't. I don't even know. There were so many machine levels and like it was yeah. like a big video game kind of. I, I was having trouble telling where exactly. It was kind what, of like a Death Star. Yeah, it was. A, it was an oil Death Star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she she's driving around on the oil Death Star. There are explosions everywhere. There's oil s- spills onto her car, and then she goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, th- I really thought for a second Seagal was going to go, women drivers. <laughs> that would have been the very Seagal. But I, then I felt awesome. bad that I thought that that was going to happen. That would have been. Well, no, pretty. he leads you there. It's not your fault. That was pretty awesome. So he goes back. So he. Okay, he's basically sent off into the world now from this tribe yep. with the daughter, who will again disappear sometimes or be there when it's convenient. She shows up at the end, and I don't. Was she at that whole battle sequence? Yeah, she yeah, was. She, she was, was setting yeah. up rigs and stuff, like setting up some explosion, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, that's right. He did have her, but do he's an the genius stuff. who builds the big bomb. Right. Yeah, he, he does have her do. He a gets lot of everything stuff, done. He's the best. She's the she best. She just does the busy work. The movie really takes a weird turn when he leaves with her and they hop on the ski do, which actually was a moment that I really liked. They just, you know, they've been doing dog sleds this whole time when they're in this like the. It's like it's a lot like the Revenant, the sequence of the movie when he's with the Native Americans and then he pu- they pull the top off a ski do and he and he goes, "Why does your father have this here?" And she says, "In case of emergencies." <laughs> <laughs> and then they they cruise, they like haul ass off. Yeah, it, 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 that, it did feel like uh, sort of the movie itself was polluted by that in a way, or just yeah. like... <laughs> Absolutely, yes, totally. It's an- yeah. One of the, uh, yeah, another form of transportation, and then suddenly it's, um, we're going into arms caches for the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like it, that Various was the sort of caches. herald of the second half of the movie, Dude, where Steven things Seagal just got crazy. So fucking guns and shit <laughs> hidden everywhere around this yeah, place. Yeah, so, like, so this is when he goes back to Hugh's house, the, the dead old man, he realizes basically the entire conspiracy of this, or he he's figured it out at this point, because he yes. still gets buddy buddy with Michael Caine one more time. That seemed superfluous, but then he kind of he turns it on him. He goes, "I'm very disappointed." No, in you. he knows it by this point. He's just going to get the evidence in that disc that's conveniently located in the only place the bad guys didn't look. Oh right, they're completely after him at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was having trouble following that too for some reason. The st- the stakes of this. No, movie, they figured it out. Well, it just felt like a bunch of separate system. scenes. He accessed that system, and that's when they realized that they he had was thirteen days to activate the the. The oil rig; otherwise, the um, Eskimos would get it back. Right, right. That's so, the problem. So he had to get it online using these faulty, p- whatever, yeah, preventers. Okay, right. To they fix were faulty, faulty preventers, and it was gonna blow up, but it didn't matter because they would they would have the land. They would own this, as uh, Michael Caine called it, the third world country. Right. <laughs> yes. Totally. What a dick. So his his plan is to. Just make, make sure they get active before, or you're saying... Uh, his plan is to let it blow up or something like that? Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, he's so evil. He's so you evil. Yeah, he's what so a piece evil. of shit, Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. I think he was having fun, right? Do you think, guys? It must be fun to play a bad well, guy like that. There was that. that moment earlier on when when they they were talking about the first three guys that die and his sort of stoic female henchman's like telling about the the benefits that the wives would get, right. and and he's, <laughs> she says that she thinks it's a little too generous, and he like has a nice smir- laugh about like cutting their pay. <laughs> <Yeah. for no laughs> reason. Oh my uh, god! So he goes back to Hugh's house, just figures out the plot. Realize, and then grabs guns, and we start just so seeing many guns, guns and, and guns henchmen. Yeah. Henchmen storm the house. Henchmen storm the house. He shoots through the floor and gets that guy in the leg. It's suddenly some like very serious gun violence going on. Yeah, yep. it's pretty intense. So, some some badass moves. Yeah, you know what? Actually, speaking of moves, why don't you take us to uh, a little bit of talking neeks? Oh, nice. Talking neeks with the brown man. Yeah, Episode ten. For those of you who don't know who are Seagal fans, seriously, Seagal, I only figured this out today. When you guys say neeks, you're talking about techniques. <laughs> and I never knew that. <laughs> I figured that out today. That's awesome. So I just wanted to clear that up for all the other fans out there. That's who great. Are Episode 10, that. we're clearing everything up. Yes, this is true. Talking <laughs> neeks is talking techniques. Peeling back the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> talking <laughs> techniques. Really, this is an excuse for me just to snap another limb of P-Bears. Uh, okay, all right, here we this, go. This is great. I'm so glad that we introduced Godfather into this movie because there was, there was a wide range of Seagal. There was everything from throws and Aikido movements where he was smashing up that lady's bar <laughs> by, by using everybody who kept charging into him for some reason. There was there were some <laughs> groin kicks, so that's like you know later Seagal when he starts getting fatter and fatter, he's gonna resort to more. And he more lifts those. a dude with a groin kick in that first Roadhouse <laughs> right. fight. Yeah, it's awesome. Does. He's got a <laughs> lot a of snaps. We're talking wrist snaps, arm snaps, shoulder snaps, knee snaps. Um, this is prime Seagal we're talking, it's, guys. It's great. So there's gunplay. There's there's all sorts of stuff. There's a couple of just straight strikes. Um, but I, I really like there's one that's kind of a continuity from Mark for Death. So if people go back to the Mark for Death jewelry store scene, mm. you'll see that he uses a shoulder, um, what could be a shoulder break, but okay. um, he uses it essentially as kind of leverage to throw the guy into a jewelry case. And he does the yep. exact <laughs> same thing here um, where he snaps he snaps it basically in this section, but he uses it then to throw a guy. So that was kind of cool to see that continuity. Um, <laughs> from, <laughs> it's Prime Seagal, man. He's Dude, got all the moves. It's great right Seagal. Here. I, I really want. I was in Mark for Death. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what do you got for me? What's on the menu, Flav? Oh, man. We got one where uh, my sensei uses this a lot. This is great. So there's a scene where Steven steps on the guy's foot. Uh huh. So it keeps his leg in place. Mm hmm. And then oh, he yeah, basically <laughs> okay. he, he puts his momentum into the guy. So what happens is it <sighs> hyperextends the knee back. Yep. So, P-Bear, if I just step on your foot here so you can't move your leg. Yeah, okay. And then if the I just move really my good, foot yeah. into oh, dude, your oh. knee. Beautiful See legs, how man. it hyperextends yeah. it there? Yeah. Don't. <sighs> okay, hold on. So it's just going to hyperextend a little bit. Give it a little bit. Push it. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Well, I can so take more. I throw my weight on it. I'm going to put my weight on it. I'm going to put my weight on it. Sorry again. Sorry. But it's it's great when you're fighting because a lot of people don't expect expecting punches and things upstairs. But like they're Willis not McGahee. expecting. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like an ostrich now. Oh my god. Yeah. 
So next time you, you're training at your local gym or whatever, think about that. Step on their foot and hyperextend the knee out. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice tip. It's it's crazy. You think you know when you when you see it in the movie, you're like, oh okay, like <laughs> oh, that's you know, you it's like it. a choreographed movie. But honestly, like that's that's a legit technique. My sensei pulls it off quite frequently. Like and just he's just. He's trained so much that when he steps, that's what he does. He's you, you go to pull your foot back, and your foot gets hyperextended. Your whole leg gets hyperextended. It's great. Um, so <laughs> just awesome. really, I, it, it goes to show you the depth of Steven Seagal's technique. I mean, he's just the man. You know, Seagal, it's funny because let him. I, I, it breaks my heart sometimes. Let's talk about this on the tenth episode. Like, I'm a diehard Steven Seagal fan, but I, I do recognize that he's obviously let himself go tremendously at this point. Tremendous. To the point where like it's a joke, but like, and I feel kind of sad about that because. You go back to movies like this, and when he's in his prime, and you see techniques like that, and you're like, "Dude, the guy knows a lot yeah, about does. martial arts," and it's and it's ridiculous that he would right. let himself become like ridiculed like that because it's like, dude, like at one point you were respect like people maybe not respected him as much because they were like, "Okay, Aikido, we don't really know what it is," but they still legitimately were like, "All right, like he's a martial arts, he was considered in the martial arts community." With he is not an actor. Not as much disdain, <laughs> no. right? Like <laughs> they wouldn't they they wouldn't hold him as much disdain as they do now. Like now, if you mention Steven Seagal, people are like, "Oh, fuck off." So I'm I'm just sad that he did let himself go. Like when he that took much. credit for Anderson Silva's front kick. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, you know, like stuff like that. It's a little bit. I don't get it, but movies like this, it's nice because you you start to see. You're like, all right, like he did know a lot of things. Raj, I think you're like shedding a tear right now. Yeah, it's dude. sad, man. It's episode <laughs> ten. <laughs> a tear for ten. <laughs> episode ten. Man. Cry Tearful, ten tears. Tearful ten. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Seagal comes upon a cachet of C4. It, whose house is he at? With this? <laughs> yeah, why? Is it the Native American Tommy Chong guy's house, or no? Like, was that a warehouse or something house? that he it has? Was, it's like a it was storage, his sto- storage in the woods storage in the that woods. he had alluded okay. to First at the of all, bar. I have a I have a bone to pick about this storage. I got well, a bone to pick. It's not discreet whatsoever. It's like this little shack built into the oh, side on the of side cliff. of the mountain. It's yeah. like if anyone was there, they would obviously go right in. It's yeah, it's not like, like his Timothy was, McVeigh shit. It, it was not like it was locked up whatsoever. <laughs> and like once Timothy you open the door, it was just like explosives everywhere. Yeah, yeah. a lot of just like they weren't even concealed. Great hiding spot. <laughs> Except if you want to blow up a helicopter, which he did. The yep. same, the very Using same helicopter that. that he himself outran. <laughs> the yes. very skippy. Yeah, the very skippy. Skip, 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 skip. Yeah, he basically be, uh, becomes a homegrown terrorist in this yeah. situation. <laughs> and, and this was he another moment where... He becomes a bioterrorist in I the sake of saving the environment. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like Arlington Road. It's so <laughs> ironic. Um, I, again, I was wondering about what is Forrest Taft's background. He, he's just bec- he's like three different people in this movie. Uh, you heard... He's her. whatever he <laughs> wants to be. And he's willing to say <laughs> anything. He, can, he shows well, up with pesos and stuff. That's who he is. I wanted to ask a question about that. Um, this is a Casey Ryback's Overcooked Eggs. Yeah. Okay, so he's, we have this domestic terrorist profile. We Slap. also have this messianic Native American f- like um, figure. Mm, them's good eggs. Is... Is it is it an overcooked egg for him to be sort of cast in the, as the Messiah guy? Is that have have we, has he ever done? Have we seen uh, that imagery as much as we see in this film? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. In Fire Down Below, absolutely. He's a fucking carpenter, you guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, and he goes he's to hell like Jesus. and comes back. He is like, I mean, I guess, yeah, absolutely. He has he's all always those a loner. monks fighting for him in Belly of the Beast. He is often very pure in that he doesn't completely sleep with some of the women, but sometimes he really does. Yeah. Mar- in Belly of the Beast, he was like backed up by all those monks. They had they believed in him. That's true. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember hearing a lot about that one. <laughs> we still talk about that yeah. to this day. Just spirituality in general is always an overcooked egg, whether it's, you know, the monks, father, 
Joe Exposition. Yep. Or, you know, in this case, um, what? Eskimo magic or, or, <laughs> or I think that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah I think that's what they call Pay it. Yikes. Magic. Uh, He's kind of like a Muhammad figure in this movie, actually, because he has like this the flight from the evil oppressor, and then he like has his little stowaway with the natives, and then he goes back and wages war. Yeah, (laughs) he does fly pretty well after the explosion too. He flies. He flies three times in this movie. There's an explosion that he flies freaking out at that point. (laughs) That was amazing. Oh God! So basically, at this point, he's decided who the bad guys are. He's decided he can kill them all, and he is justified. Because he's doing it for this, he's doing it for the chief man. And the Papa he, Bear. They start setting all these traps. They're being chased on horseback. Do you remember? You guys remember all this stuff? I was, I was like, thinking about it was going to be a bad, worst, better, uh, the bad guys segment. Sorry. Yeah, I guess they do a pretty. Yeah, you want to do that? Let's hit it. Tenth annual. <laughs> annual. Yes, the annual. The bad, the better, and the worstest. Yeah, we're bad. Hit us, Mickey. Hit well, us with this scene. Okay, so what I was just thinking about is Arlie Ermey is actually a pretty good bad guy. He's a great bad guy. Because he's like, what is it? there's the line of, or I think actually maybe Billy Bob delivers the line, but even a Boy Scout could see that trap. Yep. Um, so they're you know, they they're doing this ride through the woods on the horses, and uh, Seagal has planted some traps against them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Arlie Ermey's character recognizes right away right. that... There's a problem, and so they stop, and they don't set off the traps. And then I think it's actually the uh, John C. McGinley guy who ends up screwing it up there. He starts firing his gun. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Th- yeah. what I thought was so. Then a younger guy comes and kneels down next to Arlie Ermey, who's inspecting a tripwire. Yeah. And says, "Oh, you know, amateur stuff, Girl Scouts or something like that." And then, but Arlie Ermey, you can still, you can tell he's still a little quizzical. He's a little puzzled. He's concerned. Yep. He thinks right. there might be something else too. Yes. And then these guys set off some other tripwires around. Um, do you remember when that guy gets... This is another example of things just going completely bonkers and insane. A guy sits up a, off a tripwire. He's hit by basically a swinging hammer uh, coming down yeah. that hits his head. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. Seagal had time to build that. <laughs> and then he, then he is knocked off his horse into a pile of stakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> into a pit of stakes. Yep. Yeah, that was it a very one of my favorites. I, I don't know if... It, I think you guys are saying... So that was on intentional. So Steven set up that first... Right, absolutely. And to make them go around. Yeah, go around. But they were showing you that the bad guys aren't total rubes. Right. Sure. Um, sure. So sure. We, yeah. we do see that they have some skills, but then they fuck up, and we see some bad bad guy work, in particular from uh, the, the dark-eyed assassin just firing around John C. McGinley. Magruder. Magruder. Man, Magruder. I can yeah. tell you 90 seconds, Magruder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I blame that on his transition lenses, man. The dude couldn't <laughs> see. He just couldn't see. Take off the transition lenses. He got lenses. scared, man. He was like, well, I'm, I'm going blind. His name is Magruder. Is Magruder. It, Garth Brooks, you it's, got Magruder's back. Hey, man. <laughs> What's Michael Caine's name? Jennings. Michael, Michael Jennings. Jennings. Yeah. Michael Jennings. Jennings. <laughs> yeah, when Seagal comes up to him at the end and says, uh, at last we meet Michael. Yeah, it's <laughs> so a very awkward. meta moment so where he's like, yeah. yeah, nobody said his name until then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, we Come see, on, Forrest. It's funny because um, when Seagal says, I'm very disappointed in you to, to Michael Caine about his evil plan, Michael Caine still has so much respect for Forrest <laughs> Taft. Uh, the whole time. Does, nobody yeah. can ever say shit about this guy. He like turns around and walks away. He's like, "You can't shoot me in the back." <laughs> Much right. like He's you shot like, those. You have too much honor for that. <laughs> <laughs> but there are those weird moments throughout where they just the bad guys keep espousing his virtues, like 
and it's yeah. just kind of like we get strange like front the exposition that we'd usually get right at the beginning of the movie. I mean, only I know from the podcast as a <laughs> right. fan. But then, but like they keep spouting this all this shit about how good he is throughout the whole movie. I feel like that happened a lot. Forrest Taft is the patron saint of the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> what am I, I fucking wrote, paying you for? Another, you another should have seen image. the hookers he banged in Bangkok. <laughs> Five at a time. How bad is the bad guy who gets shot in the head with the soda, suppre- the soda suppression gun kind that of was, That was going to awesome. be one of mine. That was that awesome. Guy. What is he doing? He's, <laughs> he's just kind of like, whoa, what's over he's here? The most, he's the most like, inept guard of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really... He just like, walks damn, to the door and immediately gets shot in the face. Oh, yeah, but wait, yeah. Before he even getting jammed. Yeah, before Seagal even <laughs> called him over to the door, he yeah, was like he playing was with his gun. <laughs> and he was just like, I can't get this clip in. And just like, what's yeah, going just, on I was here? trying to change the length of this goddamn nozzle. And just, oh, let's get stuck yeah. over Oh, maybe he's going to help. Oh, oh let's oh, over there. Yeah, one, one, one of my buddies is here. He'll help me out with this. Hey, man, can you help me out with this Blast gun? <laughs> was that soda <laughs> that Seagal poured out to make that little... I believe so. I don't drink. But why was it sitting there? Yeah, why Why did he have like a half... hallway of like... A half drunk bottle of soda. <laughs> it wasn't very odd. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> mankind must have been hanging down the boiler room. It was an extremely odd scene. But then, so Seagal just attacks this again, like a level from Goldeneye, and eventually just winds up killing yeah. everyone, everyone. Right? Yep. He throws John C. McGinley into the the helicopter blades. There's a lot of satisfaction with the way each yeah. of the bad guys dies. Yeah, right, movie. it really is. They're great scenes. So it's well the, done. The explosions are out of. Control. So many explosions. It was like Nixon in Cambodia level <laughs> shit going yeah. on. Oh my God. There was a 10. I mean, we thought that Under Siege 2 was crazy at the end when the train goes. This was out of control. Yeah. It took like, there was, a, a there was like at least a, a good minute of them running away from this explosion. Yeah. First, they're like running through the halls of like this oil rig or whatever. And then they get outside, they get in a van, and then they just start driving, and all this shit just keeps like blowing down on them and stuff. And uh, it, uh, I just well, don't you know. What? know. It how, was too long. How else maybe would we have done it? Let's uh, let's travel you to the go island. There? Oh, God. McGee, did you pack your bags, buddy? Yes, I did. That's oh. my favorite segment. Here we go. Here we go. Hop, Here we go. hop let's on the go. train. Welcome of alternate to, endings. Island. to the island of alternate endings. <laughs> Brother, who Welcome. be this white boy you bring today with you? <laughs> State your name, son. And welcome to the island. I'm the godfather. The godfather! Brother, this brown man been talking about you for weeks, brother. <laughs> welcome, welcome. He gave me my start, man. He he did give give me his start. My start. He gave me my start. I get nervous around the godfather, man. And Screwface, oh, too. Oh, and, dude, who doesn't get mer- Screwface? Come on. Scary Magic guy. is crazy. He's so kind here of we are. Guy. It's warm. It's nice on the island. It's lovely here. I love being on the island. Your legs look great. You're still wearing your blanket, I though. But that's kind of beach attire yeah, at this I point. My <laughs> like fucking lioness for peanuts. <laughs> you know, Godfather <laughs> decided to join me in a blanket for this podcast, so I'm pretty happy about that. It was that. great. I there did. was a moment. There was good stuff going on around in the house tonight, I thought. <laughs> yeah. There was a moment where, where Michael Caine delivered his press con- his first press conference, and you got up and like threw the blanket around <laughs> yourself a little deeper and really... <laughs> Settled down. <laughs> I think Michael Caine's performance was... <laughs> you were like, All right, we're, in, we're doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Who's got some alternate endings or different ways things could have gone down? Godfather, do you got any? Uh, I was just imagining or? the sequel where maybe Seagal apologizes for some of his transgressions <laughs> uh, against the natives in terms of like he needs to ha- he needs to come back to the bear like and since come to Jesus like mm-hmm. he needs yes. to. 
So I want to see him go back and be a part of the tribe okay. in some way. That's okay. my epilogue. Dude, that that's great. That ties it. I would. I was hoping. I'm surprised that they didn't do this, but I was hoping, and I and I believe that the ending to this is that he goes back and takes the position of the tribal elder that died and gave him. I'm I'm shocked that they didn't end the movie like this. I that was pretty been, surprised. Like <laughs> he bangs that, that chick, like he marries that chick, and then goes back to the tribe and like takes care of the tribe. Like wh- how is one that tasteful not the thing is that he conclusion? didn't become the chief yeah. of the tribe. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I was worried about that. We were all worried about that. You know what? Fuck it. That's my alternate ending, though, man. <laughs> 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 I, I'm with Godfather. I'm just taking it to a little bit more extreme. I want him. To become an Inuit elder chiefsman, <laughs> <laughs> learn the language or not? Fuck well, it. He doesn't even learn the language. His he wife has translates everything. This is like twenty years younger than him. <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was kind of similar. I mean, I, I I was thinking about stuff that I would change, and I, it's not much. I wouldn't change much about this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but at the end, when he is on the boat with the love interest. Um, oh, right. Okay. And it's kind of clear that now they're they are together. We're talking about the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the post credit mm-hmm. scene. We almost turned it off. I almost jumped the There's gun on that. There's a post credit scene. Yes. Yeah, stick Go around, back and folks. Watch it. If you turn it off, it's not worth it, honestly. But it's kind of worth it. No, it's worth it. Watch no, the post credit scene. Make sure to tweet us at seriously Seagal. Look us up on Facebook, seriously Seagal. Tell us what you think about the post credit scene. Maybe thank us for letting you know about it. Mm. Yeah. But what I wanted, so uh, what I wanted was maybe him to get a little handsier. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Smitty. You like rock the boat. Yeah, ro- let's off. rock. The, that would have been great. Okay, <laughs> so we see the shot from above, and then we just see. <laughs> this is great. So we see them getting amorous in the boat in the canoe. Then we cut to the shoreline where waves are splashing <laughs> harder and harder against the shore of this pond. Yes. Cut to. Uh. Polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the waves, he looks up, looks into the camera, winks, yes. throws on a pair of shades. <laughs> yeah. A Steven Seagal film. I, I could, could get, get used, used to this. this. Yes. <laughs> oh That's really my good. God. Mine, uh, mine's kind of similar to that. Okay, what do you got? Well, just one. I wish Michael Caine got it a little bit better at the end other than just falling into like oil <laughs> yeah i like honestly i thought seagal was gonna light up and be like you're toast motherfucker and like yeah. t- like toss his butt into the oil oh that would have been and then awesome. so he's like oh, you yeah. know so he burns alive or yeah, something or... like that damn dude, i was a little disappointed that i don't know something like that but what i was thinking was very very similar to what p bear just said in <laughs> nice. terms of you see them in, <laughs> in terms you see that you see them in the post credit scene and you know they're getting it on in that canoe. Yeah. 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 And um but then that? once Steven ejaculates, he turns into a bear and <laughs> she turns into the raven. Holy oh, shit. And she flies away. Holy he's a polar shit. bear, by the way. So, he's he's okay, so right. she flies away and then he just jumps off the canoe and Is she gonna have away. a bear baby? Does he impregnate her? Or uh, I don't know. Okay. I think that they meet back crazy. up on shoreline and turn back crazy, into their man. human forms. Human forms, right? Okay, that's fucking awesome. And they walk off into the sunset together. That'd be for some pretty spiritual the end. shit. That's a beautiful film. That's pretty great. I'm gonna. Uh, that's yeah. That's also the, like this is one of the first movies where your your uh, alternate ending hasn't been cut 45 minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. Fr- I I tried to make it not be that this time on purpose. <laughs> if um. Yeah, okay. This was in this was insane. We had so much fun. The explosions were out of control. This was great. Fight scenes, guns. It was every Seagal movie to the absolute extreme, really I would say. Um if you guys would cast yourselves in one role in this movie, what would you who would you want to oh, be? Man. 
Brown man. Uh, I would want to be the grizzly bear that helps him in his spirit quest where he like half stabs him and then the grizzly like throws him into the water. <laughs> Such a good moment. I, I kind of want to be that grizzly bear. I would want to be the I feel the, like the I want to help you out. I want to like help you on your quest. You want to be who? The dummy that falls off the cliff when the grizzly bear throws oh, him. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was oddly like uh, very... Angular in his, in, I feel like he was he almost sat down into the water the way he went down. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, I didn't see the. It was oh. very silly. It was very silly, McGee. Who would you? I would, would like to be, be Hugh Palmer. I think <laughs> I could really. Oh, I could really play Hugh Palmer. That was my well. choice too. I, I would like to suffer a, a lot. <laughs> I'm glad you, the scene where so there was a very bad, a lot like Under Siege oh. 2 computers theme going on yep. in this movie, and things you know popping up on computers oh, that say. Call Mr. Jennings and yeah. stuff like that. Just <laughs> things that computers don't do and weird buttons and stuff. But there's a scene where Seagal, Seagal does a fair amount of hacking in this movie. There's a scene where Seagal hacks into a computer yes. uh, to the, you know, the mainframe of the oil company. And it <laughs> seems ridiculous and absurd. And then in the next scene, Hugh is, is hacking. That, <laughs> He's yes. doing some hacking of He's his like own. Coding. <laughs> I love I love when Magruder comes to the house to to beat the shit out of him. He starts like just uh, calling him up, you're you're a real modern man. Yeah. you're a <laughs> modern man. Yeah, it, oh my god. Yeah, there was an old versus young kind of thing going on. I think in terms of the characters and also you know business trying to overtake the land mm -hmm. situation. And the modern man was not painted very well. Again, there there was a homoerotic overtone for the two bad guys. Oh, right? for sure, yeah. absolutely. The eyeshadow again. The eyeshadow and the way they were checking each other out. I thought it was something that Seagal was, because of the masculinity theme that was always going on in this movie, the way he could make them most right. despicable was make them a little, a little dandy, a little foppish. Yeah. Was There's some uncomfortable things going on. Seagal, we love you. You're, this is a great movie. This is one of the best ever. Smitty, who He's would you be? He's saying some complicated things, though. I, well, I, I was also going to pick Hugh. But my second, <laughs> but my I would like to see guy. a movie where you both play Hugh, <laughs> like you're the Olsen twins or something. He splice us in. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my second choice is that really inept guard <laughs> who fiddles with his gun and then proceeds to get shot in the face. I think you could pull that off. Okay. I think I'll be good at that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So this is. I mean, this is it. This was the best. I'd say I'm gonna throw it out and say I think I like this one the most. That's pretty good. It's up there with Belly of the Beast and Under Siege it's, it's too. Why did yeah, it fail? Really good. Why did it fail? We should. I, it, I, I we think should I could that. definitely. Okay. The end is too preachy. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. I would say I really enjoyed the movie, but I could see people why are people very didn't critical like of it. The it's, it's that was something people preachy. were not wanting to hear in 1994. No. Yeah, but they they went and saw Under Siege, and I feel like this is just as good an action movie as Under Siege or Under Siege Two. I we'll think, see. I think they lost a lot of people with the whole spirit trip thing as well too. Yeah, people must mm, have been like, "What is this?" Like, it's like I twin. This it's like a, a scene out of Twin Peaks for a well, minute there. Speaking of which, Joan Chen is the is also in Twin Peaks, which I oh, figured out after we. Okay, it's a Twin Peaks hookup going on here. Yeah, like, that's sexy. Sagal was watching his David Lynch and writing. I think and he was because the imagery in that it really does look like um, Twin Peaks, which I've been very excited to watch recently. It's good. Sagal's uh, a good director. Yeah, big ups to the MIDI pan flutes playing. Native American scores. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tweet at us at Seriously Seagal Facebooks. So Seriously guys, Seagal. get everything. Next time, I don't think it's going to be as good. What do we got, man? We got to find out. We got to let our or before we our get to this, know. I just just wanted to give a shout out to picked up this fantastic book 
called Seagology, A Study of the Ass-Kicking Films of Steven Seagal by Verne. And you need to check this out. It is amazing. If you are any sort of Steven Seagal fan or film fan, you need to read this book. It, he breaks down the movies just hilariously. I've only read the ones that we've already recorded podcasts for. I don't want any sort of tainting okay, my yeah, opinion we can, or anything. We, we don't yeah. want to know his thoughts. So, yeah. so I've only gotten through a couple of them, and they're amazing. But he kind of um, thinks very similarly to Yeah, we, to we, we ended too. up bringing up a lot of the same things, which was interesting to see. So um, you guys should check that out for sure. Big shout out to Vern. On that note, could I do? Could I just do a quick segment before we go get sure. out of here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please, please do. Oh, sure. Hold on. I, I have some music. Oh yes. Oh good. Yeah. Peas and carrots. Good. Oh, yep, yep. 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 Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. And here we go. Can't touch this. Oh <laughs> shit. I can't touch this. It's true. You can't touch these guys. I can't touch this. And I'm pointing at them. Uh, this is the uh, call to order for the Sigologyologists. Which is a, a Facebook group that I, or maybe I don't even know if it has to be on Facebook. It's just an order of appreciators of you guys. Oh, okay. I like that. So you guys practice psychology, and we practice the study of you guys. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> very interesting. And I set up a webcam here. Or because we've we've as psychologyologists, we've witnessed you guys grow into this. Wonderful thing that, you know, and you guys have witnessed Seagal grow within your own hearts. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, uh, oh, definitely. I He's just, I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate Seagal because of you guys, so. Thanks, thanks man. Steve. The Seagal-geologist. Thanks, thanks for coming here. That's the goal thanks of this. Me. This is a really good one. This podcast. Seagal is strong in every part of each one of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every it's inch of our bodies. Easy. Everybody <laughs> has a Seagal. Want to shout out also with our 10th episode, since we're doing shout outs, Wendy's, Qdoba, of Pepsi, course. Pepsi. Coke. Mazda 6. Mazda. <laughs> Scent of Action Cologne. Lowe's, Steven Seagal, this blanket that I've been wearing for like since July. Lowe's, Ch- the blanket store. Lowe's. Funkin' Mike's. <laughs> Business. Let's, uh, let's give a, actually a final big shout out to Forrest Taffer. And shut it down. <laughs> this <laughs> it has been out. Seriously Seagal. We didn't say what we were going to watch next. Oh, shit. That's fine. All right, let's let's go back. Or do you have something, Raj? So we're gonna go from 1994. We're gonna jump forward ten years (laughs) to where? 2004. (gasps) We're gonna be out of reach. Billy Ray. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Billy Ray Lansing. Now he's just elusive. Billy Ray Lansing. That's his name. A former covert agent turned survivalist discovers that the foster program he's using to help a young girl is actually a human trafficking network. He heads overseas to find the girl and shut down the operation. (laughs) I like it. I like it. out of reach. Oh, I like that era Seagal. on fucking Seriously Seagal. Belly the Beast is around there, right? Somewhere around there? That's a good good Seagal. It's a fine... Seagal age is like a fine wine, and that that is, I think, a peak for him. I think (laughs) we're going to find... We're going to really enjoy episode I think one of the reviews of this movie was that they wanted to put their head into a bucket of lie and jump off a cliff so be careful with what you're <laughs> saying about that one i decided today um i wanted to take <laughs> us out on uh seagal's speech from the end of the movie okay beautiful oh and yeah if you guys dare listen through the whole thing i'll throw the trailer <laughs> up for out of reach at the end of that i stand yeah. by most of what seagal says here yeah i, okay. I, I mean, do too i think I do too. it's it, I mean yeah it's it's very accurate right <laughs> seagal did a lot of things wrong in this movie with but he he got it right at the end. Yeah, it's oh boy. Ugh. Sorry for the premature finish. No, Just I like it. Steven it Seagal says in uh, Scent of Action Cologne, if you finish early, at least you smell like Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Take it away, Steven. <laughs> Thank you to all the brothers and sisters that have come here today representing this cause. I've been asked by Mr. Etok and the Tribal Council to speak to you and the members of the press about the injustice that's been brought against us by some government officials and big business. How many of you out there have heard of alternative engines? Engines that can run on anything from alcohol to garbage or water. Or carburetors that can get hundreds of miles to the gallon. Or electric or magnetic engines that can practically run forever. You don't know about them because if they were to come into use, they put the oil companies out of business. The concept of the internal combustion engine has been obsolete for over 50 years. But because of the oil cartels and corrupt government regulation, we and the rest of the world have been forced to use gasoline for over 100 years. Big business is primarily responsible for destroying the water we drink, the air we breathe, and the food we eat. They have no care for the world they destroy, only for the money they make in the process. How many oil spills can we endure? Millions and millions of gallons of oil are now destroying the ocean and the many forms of life it supports. Among these is plankton, which supplies 60 to 90% of the Earth's oxygen. It supports the entire marine ecosystem, which forms the basis of our planet's food supply. But the plankton is dying. I thought, well, let's go to some remote state or country, anywhere on Earth. But in doing a little research, I realized that these people broker toxic waste all over the world. They basically control the legislation, and in fact, they control the law. The law says no company can be fined over $25,000 a day. If a company is making $10 million a day by dumping lethal toxic waste into the ocean, it's only good business to continue doing this. They influence the media so that they can control our minds. They've made it a crime to speak out for ourselves, and if we do so, we're called conspiracy nuts and we're laughed at. We're angry because we're all being chemically and genetically damaged, and we don't even realize it. Unfortunately, this will affect our children. We go to work each day, and right under our noses, we see our car and the car in front of us spewing noxious and poisonous gases that are all accumulative poisons. These poisons kill us slowly, even when we see no effect. How many of us would have believed if we were told 20 years ago that on a certain day we wouldn't be able to see 50 feet in front of us? That we wouldn't be able to take a deep breath because the air would be a mass of poisonous gas? That we wouldn't be able to drink out of our faucets, that we'd have to buy water out of bottles? The most common and God-given rights have been taken away from us. Unfortunately, the reality of our lives is so grim nobody wants to hear it. Now I've been asked what we can do. I think we need a responsible body of people that can actually represent us rather than big business. This body of people must not allow the introduction of anything into our environment that is not absolutely biodegradable or able to be chemically neutralized upon production. And finally, as long as there's profit to be made from the polluting of our Earth, companies and individuals will continue to do what they want. We have to force these companies to operate safely and responsibly with all our best interest in mind, so that when they don't, we can take back our resources and our hearts and our minds and do what's right. Pastor, the Great Spirit, I ask you to bless all the people here, at our grandmas, our grandpas, and the little ones. We have a four directions, and I want to bless the future generation and the Indian nation, our people, to be strong again. The Earth is our grandma. 
Dear Mr. Lansing, we regret to inform you that Irena Moravska will no longer be able to correspond with you. Every year, thousands of children all over the world vanish without a trace. Some are sold on the international black market. A well-protected global conspiracy. Human trafficking always seemed like such an uninspired phrase. That has nothing to fear and no one to stop them. Is it done? There's a slight problem. The American? Until now. Who sent you? It doesn't exist. Then why are all your friends dead? You come, you'll see. I'm Detective Lato. Who are you? Some have done bad things in the past. And once in a while we find something that makes us feel better about ourselves. Stay out of trouble. It's my favorite moment in life. What's that? Well, it's when the predator becomes the prey. Who's the predator and who's the prey? Sometimes. Why all of this for a girl you've never even met? This little girl means a lot to me. The only way out is to take the law into your own hands. <laughs> Steven Seagal, out of reach. Coming soon.